Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Philippians. Today is episode 658. We're looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Let's read our passage. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Paul sending this letter of encouragement to them via Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus had brought him a gift from the church in Philippi, and we suspect he was supposed to stay and help Paul for a while. But he had gotten sick, nearly died, and Paul's sending him back home to Philippi. Paul's been charging them in how to live. He wants them to to live as citizens of heaven. He wants them to pay attention to unity and steadfastness and humility. And he told them to imitate Christ. He told them to imitate him. Then he gave a warning to watch out for the enemies of the cross. He said their end is destruction, that they're focused on earthly things. And then he immediately says here in verse 20, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is immediately following the enemies of the cross section. So this is contrasting. You get the enemies of the cross, they're like this. We, however, our citizenship is in heaven. Now he had mentioned citizenship in heaven back in chapter 1, verse 27. He said, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now there he was just kind of taking that as an assumption. Since you're citizens of heaven, this is how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live like citizens of heaven. Now here he's making the contrast with the enemies of the cross. Their focus is on earthly things. However, us, our citizenship is in heaven. We are focused on heavenly things. So it's used here as a, as a contrast. The whole purpose here is focus. They're focused on earthly things. We are focused on heavenly things. And we eagerly await a savior from there. Now here you see this already not yet concept that we've seen several times as we've been working through a lot of the New Testament here. This idea of the kingdom of heaven. It's already here but not yet fully here. And so here, our citizenship is in heaven. That's already, that's a done deal. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not going to be in heaven. It is in heaven. So this is already, but not yet complete in that we're still eagerly waiting for the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have this already not yet concept that you see a lot throughout the Bible. Christ has already come and brought the kingdom of heaven. However, he's going to come again, and that's when he's going to complete it. So we have this already not yet. We live in this overlap period between the present age and the age to come. That's where the present age, we're, well, we're still in it, even though Christ has come. And until he comes again, we're still in the present age. But we're also in the age to come, in that Christ has come. So we're in this overlap period. We are in the earth, but not of the earth. So even though we're citizens of heaven, we're still waiting for the Savior to come. 
we're living in the present, but focusing on the heavenly prize. Now, interesting, Paul uses the term Savior here. We eagerly wait for a Savior from there. And that may seem normal, and it somewhat is, but it's unusual for Paul. Paul doesn't use the word Savior a lot. In fact, to this point, we've been going through Paul's letters chronologically. It's only appeared once, and that was in Ephesians, Ephesians 5.23, where he was talking about the relationship of husband and wife as much like the relationship of Christ and the church, where Christ is the Savior of the church. And Ephesians is probably the letter last written before Philippians. How long before? Hard to say. It could have been a year or so. But he uses it a lot in the next three letters that will start next is First and Second Timothy and Titus. But up to this point, it's a term he hasn't used a lot. It's just unusual. But it's probably very intentional because here he's dealing with the Philippians. And this is right after this comment on citizenship because as a Roman colony in Philippi, they are citizens of the Roman Empire. And that is a big deal in the Roman Empire, to be a citizen of the empire. And within the Roman Empire, Savior is a title often used for the emperor, Caesar. Caesar is often referred to as the savior of the world, the savior of humanity. And from their perspective, you know, he is saving the world. But that's where our understanding of the real Savior is Jesus Christ. So he's probably using it linked here with citizenship very intentionally for the Philippians because of their specific context. Verse 21, this is what's going to happen when the Savior returns. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So this is what he's going to do. Let's talk about glory, our glorification, when he comes back, and that's when we get our resurrection bodies. And speaking of, our, our destiny is glory. Now remember what he said about the destiny of the enemies of the cross. The enemies of the cross, they're focused on earthly things. Their end is destruction. We, however, are focused on heavenly things. Our destiny is glory. And this all occurs at his second coming what he does as our Savior. Now, he adds by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Well, this is just speaking of Christ has the power to do this. So we're confident that he will do it because he promised to do it. and We know he has the power to do it. So we live in this confidence that he will do what he said he's going to do because we know he has the power to do that. Now, for us, what's the application of this to our lives. I think the, the biggest challenge here is this idea of eagerly waiting for the Savior. It's very easy to get comfortable in the here and now. And, and quite often we're pretty happy with how things are going for the most part. Sometimes we're in uh, a lot of tough times and we just say, I just wish I could get out of all this. But too often we get pretty comfortable. And it's uh, easy to forget that that we're just here temporarily. Our citizenship really is in heaven. That's where we really belong. And so we have to work to remember that our true citizenship is in heaven. And while we mostly believe that Christ will return, 
do we eagerly await his return? That's what Paul brought up this. We eagerly wait for the Savior. Or even, do we really secretly hope that he'll hold off for a little while? Because I, I got a lot going on here. And I kind of like to get all that finished before he returns. So what do we do? Well, we uh, get back in touch with the idea of citizenship is in heaven. And it's the same thing that I always say that we need to do. We need to be more in the Word of God. We need to be more focused on prayer. We need to be focused on worship. We need to keep in mind who God is and what he's doing and how we fit into that plan and that we are no longer that old self. Since we've been justified by faith, adopted by God, we are now these this new creation, this new creature put on the new self. And part of that is understanding our citizenship is truly in heaven, that we're just here temporarily. And while God's got things for us to be doing while we're here, do we eagerly await for his return? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Philippians.